This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. After a stunning run of 17 games unbeaten, including 13 wins and 12 clean sheets, just one more win is needed. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub at Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio and joining me, he's doing the Jono celebration from Palace a few years ago, isn't he? Seb Brown, you've had a good week of games, haven't you? Amazing. This is, yeah, this is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, we've all spent the last, what, 48 hours watching the celebrations, the town in five. I must have watched that George Hurst goal, oh. no exaggeration, probably 50 times in the last 48 hours. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Peterborough on Saturday, atmosphere was brilliant. Nice sunny day. I think Joe said on the flagship, it felt like when you leave, you know, when, you, when you're like abroad or something for a game, when you leave the ground and everyone is still singing. And then Barnsley again was just next level. It's been phenomenal look at us we're sat here with smiles on our faces you know this is our reward for Rochdale nil it's which nearly in April 2021 and all the rest of it this is this is brilliant this is absolutely fantastic it's been a a fantastic week and full confidence they're going to get the job done on uh on Saturday and it's an absolute party time so brilliant week what a team brilliant club love it more than ever phenomenal there you go well we'll end it there shall we thanks (laughs) yeah thanks thanks for watching uh, we need to say um, massive thanks to everyone who's subscribed, who's liked videos, who's watched, who's got involved in the live chat whilst you were enjoying the pandemonium of Oakwell, Seb. Dave Diamond and I were going live in unprecedented numbers. So thank you, everyone. If you've if this is your first kind of pre-match show outside the normal, we don't we sometimes do pre-record, sometimes do live. So if this is the first time with us we generally what we try to do is give you the insights on the opposition so you can look like an expert in front of your mates down the pub basically and you know drop in an xg stat or a player name here on there and look like an absolute um yeah then i know it all football hipster so that's our job here we'll also go through the fixtures for the weekend and do some predictions as well some of us are better than that some of us are better than that than others um, and we've also got a few bits and pieces of news as well. So should we start with with that? Let's. Um, I, I want to come back to you on the Barnsley and Peterborough atmosphere because I missed out on Barnsley. I still need to catch up on the sleep, so that might come across in the recording. Um, but worth pointing out a few bits and pieces of news. Um, ITFC women's season also um, hopefully going towards a conclusion of promotion. It's a little bit more challenging for them, but they are at home on Sunday. So if you are down here for the game on Saturday for Exeter and hanging around, in fact, if you aren't going to bed and just want to power through to the next day, head to the AGL arena, get on the bus, a train or a car and support the tractor girls. Penultimate game of the season at home. Oxford Watford are playing right now. That will have a real key bearing on the destination of the title. 
and Town face Cheltenham, who sit eighth in the league table, 25 points, newly promoted. So Town will be looking to get all three points there and take it to the last day where they face Oxford. Could become a promotion face-off. So that's what we want. So do support the Tractor Girls to head down to the AGL. All the details are on the OTSC Women website. ITFC um, fans supporting food banks are back in the fan zone and have got drop-off points scattered around Portman. I think I've got a map. Yeah, there's, a, there's an extra one for the away fans. If you're an Exeter fan going and you want to contribute, or if you're a town fan not sat in the uh, in the Pioneer and, don't, and can't get into the fan zone, there's one at the Bobby Robson statue this time as well. And it's the usual kind of canned goods, uh, dry items. There you go. If you're watching on video for those on podcast, small jars of coffee, jam, marmalade, tin fruit, etc. Um, yeah, all the kind of usual stuff, including toiletries, warm clothes as well, cereal, all that jazz. So do support them. I think you can do cash donations as well. But at ITFC underscore FSF for all the details, all the timing, and to get involved if you want to as well, if you want to volunteer. And we were hoping to have Matt. We, we've had a little bit of a logistical brain fart here, so apologies to Matt from the Turnstile Blues crew. But they have got an issue out. What a great time to have a new issue, eh, Seb? Um, ahead of the Exeter game on Saturday, Blues legends. Marcus Stewart is the focus, giving an interview, a first of a two-parter, actually. So keep a lookout for the next issue, which will be at the start of next season for part two. We're talking about his early life and career, the move to town, and uh, the first bit will deal with the 99-2000 promotion campaign. So plenty of good stuff there. There's also an interview with ITSC women's midfielder Eloise King and her parents, Tracy and Chris, about what it's like. Uh, supporting a, a women's player going through the game and um, trying to make it there as well. So hopefully some great insights there. Interesting stuff. Plenty of other bits and pieces, as always. The irreverent look at Ipswich Town from the crew at Turnstile Blues. And guess how much it is, Seb? It hasn't gone up in this day where everything seems to go up every single month. It is still only a quid. Absolutely. From I don't know how they've done that, but that's you phenomenal. can't even get what can anything you buy for, for a quid. Yeah, there, there it is. I was going to throw it back to you. What? Where was the line coming? Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, the work those guys do is absolutely brilliant, and to get that amount of content out for only a pound is phenomenal. So I'm sure the Greyhound is going to be absolutely rammed at the weekend. So hopefully they've bought a lot of uh, a lot of extra copies this time because they're going to sell very very quickly. So I think they might start off at the Greyhound, but otherwise, every, and they they're on sale at Portman Road. They'll be hovering on every corner from one thirty. And all the proceeds from um, the sales will go to the Derby Rimmer Foundation as well. So supporting the charity that Marcus Stewart and his family are supporting as well. And do head down to the fans on at 1.30 as well and support our mate Bits, who's having his hair shaved off for the Derby Rimmer, Derby Rimmer Foundation as well. So good on your Bits. Um, you can We've retweeted that and we've donated as well. But um, at Turbo the Sailor, if you want to get involved in that and if you want to head down there and watch it in person, um, fan zone at half past one, I believe. So there you go. I think that's all the bits and pieces of news, Seb. Before we talk about Exeter, I just want to, as someone who wasn't fortunate enough to be in the away and that 5,000 wall of blue and white on Tuesday night was making all kinds of noise. <laughs> um, give me some insights of what it was like because these, these kind of moments are very rare or hopefully there'll be more of them in future. But yeah, it's been a while since we've seen scenes like that. It is. I mean, yeah, I'm, I was too young to do away games 23 years ago when we got promoted. So I've got no experience of a what I would deem to be a really crucial game at this time of the season that's really meaningful. I couldn't do many in 14, 15 because of my job commitment. So for me, it was a bit of the last two, Peterborough and Barnsley have been up there in my, you know, my 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 away days at this which town. They're probably both top five, if I'm being honest. I think Helsingborg will always be my number one. But apart from that, you know, those two nights were phenomenal. The atmosphere was brilliant at Peterborough. And then at Barnsley, I mean, you guys would have heard it on the, the iFollow coverage and the radio. You can hear it on the, all the highlights that have gone out. The the five, six minutes of Blue Army was just, you know, goosebump kind of stuff. It was phenomenal. Delayed reaction to the first goal because we couldn't tell yeah. it had gone in. There's a good two seconds where the players are running off and then we go crazy and that Hurst moment was, oh. that will that's ingrained in me now that that was brilliant limbs everywhere scenes you know it was a brilliant goal uh to, to celebrate and we just went absolutely crazy and then 
you know, Chaplin puts the icing on the cake and then at full time, you know, it's non-stop, it's relentless. And as we spill out into the streets around Oakwell afterwards, we're still singing the Barnsley fans, fair play, were absolutely superb. Classy, aren't outside. they? Very classy, yeah. Do you remember them I'm, at Wembley in 2000? I, I don't know. I've read quite a few things about them on, on TWTD and Twitter in the last couple of days saying how gracious they were in 2000 at Wembley. I've got no recollection of that, but I, I seem to remember a fair few of them stayed behind afterwards, I think, mm -hmm. when we were kind of, you know, lifting the trophy and stuff. So fair play to them wish them the best of luck in the in the playoffs but yeah a phenomenal night and yeah it's it's hard to explain unless you were there how you know goosebump kind of spine tingling moments it was because it was it was next level stuff it was phenomenal and it shows you know what game changer have done to this club you know that level of connection now between the the, the players and the, the squad and the management and the fans is it's phenomenal. You know, we, we, we had times like on Tuesday night, we were a bit under the cosh. Barnsley, I thought, started really well and we were second best at quite a lot of balls. And it was that it was that injury and that blue army for, it felt like six, seven minutes. It might only have been two or three, I don't know. But it felt like it went on and on and on. And I think it just raised the players and we all know what happened after that. It was brilliant. And if Saturday goes to plan, it could certainly be incredibly memorable for all of us. Yeah, I, I hope for a similar atmosphere on Saturday and there's, you know, all the reason for it. But the design, we, people know that I've got to be in my bonnet about the design of the North Stand, but that single tier stand with a big old roof on top of it just you're makes right. it. It holds, yeah, you're right. It holds the sound so much better than the North Stand does. And yeah, with hindsight, that's what they, that's what they probably should have done. I, my first away game in my whole Ipswich Town life, Seb, was Charlton away. 99-2000, the 3-1 win. That was... And, and oh, the night after Man City celebrated on the pitch and yeah. thought they'd done it and, and we kept it a alive. free kick. And, yeah, the yeah. last day. So that's... that's In terms of my going to town games, that, in terms of a comparison, that's probably as, as close as I can get. And that game, you know, that we still weren't... It wasn't in our hands. It wasn't like that win made it ours, which kind of Barnsley is, is basically... It's all but there, isn't it? So, and... I was yeah, I was going to say Wembley. I remember coaches being applauded and fans applauding each other at full time at, at Wembley and stuff like that. Really nice and I, yeah, let's we've got to talk about stuff next week. We've got Fleetwood as well. I was going to talk about the teams in the playoffs and hopefully, um, obviously it won't. We are hoping it won't be us and it doesn't look like it will be. So it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on. We'll come back to that one. Who, who you might want to see go up, but Barnsley. Let's, do, let's do that next week when it's all settled down a bit, shall we? Yeah, let's um, when we've got some facts in front of us yeah, as well. Yeah, let's um, let's bring it full square. Well, let's bring it up to date. Then I don't know where I'm going there. That's the tide is kicking in, folks. I need some coffee. Exeter, Seb, not a happy home or away life at the moment for them, is it? No, yeah. I mean, it's it's a yeah. For, for what they've done this season, they must be happy. But the last great season overall, yeah, fair, yeah, yeah, great season overall. Managerial upheaval, which can obviously affect a, a smaller club coming into the league. But but they've done you know re really well compared to some clubs that have come up recently. I really like them as a club. They're they're currently sat 14th in the league on 53 points, played 44, won 14, drawn 11, lost 19, scored 61 goals, conceded 60, so a goal difference of plus one. But they've just had this horrible recent run. They They've lost their last five on the bounce. The one before that was a draw, but it's, it's coincided with a, a horrible injury crisis. I mean, they were missing seven players for the Sheffield Wednesday game last week. And as you can imagine, this isn't a big squad. You know, this isn't a, an us or a, or a Wednesday where you can kind of cover for that. You, you simply, if you lose seven players, most of them are first choice, you, you simply can't cope with it in this level. And the run of defeats has been, it's a horrible run. It's Bolton, Peterborough, Plymouth, Derby and Sheffield Wednesday. So oh. it's kind of a, yeah, it's it's a horrible, perfect huh. storm for them of the, you know, the best teams in the league coincided with half their first 11 missing. And that's why they, they kind of have tailed off in the last few weeks or so. Imagine if you were not safe and those were the games that you were ending the season with. Do you remember us in 2002 oh. when we finished the season with, was it Arsenal, Man United and Liverpool? Yeah. It's like that, isn't it? It's horrible. Very similar. Yeah, 22nd in the in the overall form table right now after those defeats. And the away form, Seb, not amazing either, is it really? It's, no, it's not amazing. 20, solid, 20, but... Yeah, so decent. 20, 20, yeah, solid. 21 points from 22 games, played 22 on the road, won five, lost six, drawn 11, scored 28 goals away from... Exeter and conceded 35, so a goal difference of minus seven. The last six away has had two draws, which is Wickham and Fleetwood, and then four defeats, which was Port Vale, Cheltenham, and then the bigger boys, Peterborough and uh, and, and Sheffield Wednesday. So yeah, they they, 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 don't, they don't come into it on a great run of form, but overall, it's a it's a really solid, decent you know season back at this level for them, just to consolidate, 
especially when you take into account the the managerial upheaval and the and the squad issues they've had. And a team that Ben Bloom likes, a team that you like in terms of yeah. what they're trying to do off the field. Yeah, they got some good things, and they said Ben was kind enough to share some insights in the uh, in, in the build up to this one. So, see, they're part fan owned, which is pretty rare these days. I mean, we, we you know we hear horror stories. We all we all lived through Bury a few years ago. You know, you tend to hear horror stories of clubs lower down the pyramid with real real ownership issues. But they're part fan owned, which is brilliant. They've recently moved to a new training facility in February that's all modern with new pitches. So that's great. They're in, in you know investing in infrastructure and stuff to help them on the pitch. And I didn't realize some of the names that have come from them with their their kind of you know recruitment development and player sales. Ollie Watkins, obviously here at Aston Villa now, he came through at Exeter. Matt Grimes at Swansea. Ethan Ampadu, a perennial loney at Chelsea. Joel Randall at Peterborough. Jordan Story at Preston. David Wheeler at Wickham. They, they've made nearly 10 million quid wow. in the last few years from kind of, you know, developing players and selling them on and then presumably having add-ons involved in the in the sell-ons as well. So a really, I think, well-run club who are doing the right things, you know, developing players, selling them and then reinvesting that money in things like infrastructure training pitches to try and you know aid them I, I think they should be applauded yeah and we, it's not as if so we'll, we'll talk about the last season and how they ended up back here in league one but we we know about exit so we've had some issues in the in the pizza cup haven't we and league cup previously as well so it's not as if this success has been a flash in the pan it's it has the feeling of a slow build even the dare i say it the kind of three-year Sheepshanks plan in the 90s kind of feel about it so no surprise that they're up at this level now having knocked on the door for quite a while as well and you know you look at the teams that finished above them going straight back down aren't they Seb and Exeter it's another season up at the league one level isn't it yeah, they've got it right, haven't they? So, see, Forest Green won the title last year in League Two. They, they finished on equal on points, didn't they? Um, Exeter and Forest Green, but I think there was a goal difference of about seven or eight or something, which meant that uh, Exeter kind of finished second. And yeah, you know, Forest Green have had an awful season aside from that complete random result against <laughs> Wednesday. It's it's Thank a result. You. It's a, it's a yeah. Thanks, but thanks by the way. It's a yeah, it's a season they'd probably happily you know write off and never mention again. So traditionally when clubs come up to this level they can struggle a little bit but Exeter I mean before Christmas they were doing really well I remember going there in November time when we beat them down there and it was you know I think they were eighth ninth tenth maybe kind of in touch slightly with with the playoffs yes okay they've tailed off recently but they gave it a really really good go and yeah I, I think they've done really well and I think they'll be okay again next season I, I would trust them to make solid you know recruitment yeah. and investment decisions and what I'm worth noting there was a moment on Saturday when you were at Peterborough and I was elsewhere in Felixstowe um that they had the lead against Sheffield Wednesday didn't they yeah put a bit of hope in our hearts didn't yeah. they? They were up. yeah but they, they couldn't hold it on Wednesday they came back to win to win 2-1 all the plaudits and you know Gary Caldwell the manager afterwards is saying how well they played they they went 1-0 up on 47 minutes just after half time through Josh Key we'll come on to him they've got a lot of injury issues like we said a minute ago so he's a player playing out of position but but doing okay and the plaudits were that they, they did all right you know 49% possession seven shots three on target which you know, a lot of sides at Hillsborough probably wouldn't wouldn't have those kind of numbers. Created three big chances. They could only name six players on the bench due to this injury crisis. So you've got seven first teamers missing or unavailable due to other reasons. You've got a, a bench one one man light, but they gave a decent account of themselves. And I guess that should maybe be a bit of a, a shot across our bowels potentially maybe for the weekend. You know, I'm guessing that Wednesday would have gone into that one thinking this will be straightforward. And in, in the end, they, they they did want it and they had the better of the statistics. But on their day, Exeter I think are capable of causing problems and causing you know a bit of chaos maybe yeah i think that's a great shout yeah I, I, we'll obviously give our predictions for the game and try and anticipate how it might play out but definitely a, a fair warning sign there albeit sheffield wednesday's form not nearly as good as ours are right now yeah. but nevertheless yeah. and um we mentioned our, our recent toils down in exeter but actually the game earlier in the season live on sky um saturday lunchtime pretty routine wasn't it pretty comfortable it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was during the World Cup. Is that why it got moved? It got, yeah, it got shifted, so. yeah, didn't it? We were planning on making yeah, we a trip were. down there, and all of a sudden it went to yeah. 12, uh, 12 p.m. kickoff, which meant we had to leave our respective homes at like 4 a.m. or something. Uh, mm. But yeah, I think it was on It was on Sky. So we, another one example, we ticked off the, the Sky curse. And 2-0 win, pretty straightforward. You know, I remember Ladapo scoring after a brilliant kind of knockdown by Marcus Harness. That was quite early on, I think 10, 11 minutes into the game. Harness gets a second on 68 from a corner. One of Leif Davis's many, many assists from mm. corners 
performance this season. I think we got a bit lucky. Was it Archie Collins? I think had a penalty shout turned down. Davis, which I think it? was yeah. I think it was a pretty blatant penalty. I think that we started mm. to use. I think it was. I think mm. that was an example. No, I think it was. I think that's an example of some of the luck maybe evening out a little bit. But in the end, it was comfortable and and, and straightforward. And and yeah, another another box ticked with the sky curse broken earlier in the season. I remember Ladapo being good in that game. I thought he held the ball up really well. I was running the channels, and I remember him kind of causing them a lot of problems. Um, and Humphreys as well. Cameron Humphreys had a good game. He, he scored yes. a, a worldie, didn't he, I think? He did, didn't he? Yeah, keeper tipped over, didn't he? Yeah, in front of the town fans, yeah. Yeah, so routine victory there. And uh, th- that had that come after the managerial change, hadn't it? I think that Caldwell had been in place a few matches. Matt Taylor, the previous incumbent there. Talk to us about the managerial situation, Seb. So obviously, Paul Warren left Rotherham to go to Derby and took the entire backroom staff with him. And they approached who did they approach to turn them down? The Cambridge guy, wasn't Bonner. it? Mark Bonner. Yeah, he turned them down and they went to Exeter. And they, I guess, similar kind of mould, you know, a young up and coming manager who's done well. Um, they took Matty Taylor up there to, to, to Rotherham. And, and Gary Caldwell is appointed. So it's in October, just before, like you said, before we played them. He's managed 31 games since, won nine, drawn eight, lost 14. That's heavily skewed with these last, you know, four or five weeks worth of, of results. 1.13 points per game, 29% win percentage. So not amazing, but heavily skewed by recent events. Previous managerial spells at Wigan, Chesterfield and Partick Thistle. I remember him playing in uh, at Newcastle a lot when he was a you know a player. Uh, Hibs and Celtic and Wigan as well. And 55 caps for Scotland. So to quote Mick McCarthy, he's no mug. You know, he's, he's been around and done it. He's, the, he's like a gnarly kind of centre-half, isn't he? A gnarly kind of grizzly centre-half. I always used to sign him on Football Manager, I think, if I remember rightly when I was scrabbling around trying to find a central defender for town so yeah he's gone there and he's yeah he's doing okay um not great in terms of results recently but overall I think he'll be fairly happy with how it's gone with his first kind of season in charge without a full summer transfer window and without a full pre-season yeah I think he ticks the box of of being a a possession heavy I think that's his intention to is to have possession and probably quite harshly sacked at Wigan a number of managers have been harshly sacked by Wigan trying to get them to play the right way if if, if I recall correctly as well so that appears to be the model yet there maybe a bit of a surprise appointment at the time he wasn't a name on the top of on the tip of anyone's tongues but as you say he's gone in there and and essentially it's job done isn't it for this season you can ignore as you said the recent run of games because it's largely irrelevant if the if the mission statement is stay up so job done it'd be interesting to see how if he evolves the team having had the whole summer as well that'll be interesting to see whether they build on that or not but pretty consistent Seb in terms of formation right yeah, three, four, one, two is what they do. I don't know if they might look to change it up coming to us, but that's been used thirty-one times in the league so far this season. So that's that's pretty much what they they do—a three at the back kind of team with with two strikers when everyone's available. Like I said earlier, they've got this huge injury crisis, so the two up front are very much make weights at the moment. But what, but if you think if, if all their players were fit, I mean the likes of Stansfield, who's not going to play, uh, Sam Dombey, who's not going to play. You know they've, they've got a decent kind of front pairing there, and they've, and they've got goal scorers in the team, which we spoke a few weeks ago, didn't we, about Cheltenham with Alfie May, and said if you've got a goal scorer in the bottom third of the league or bottom half of the league, you'll be okay because down there, so many teams just have players who've got four or five goals for a season. You know, if you've got players you know they can deliver plus ten goals, then you traditionally will find yourselves on the right side of the scrap. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Giovanni Brown's also unavailable as well. There's there's calibre there, isn't there? And even and it, it, I don't. We'll come. We'll come to player of the season, Ricky Marf. We'll come. We'll we'll finish with him for Craig. Well, well done for using the correct title. Well yeah, done, sir. Craig. Oh, will be pleased. Yeah, he doesn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the keeper. Uh, one of these perennial Chelsea loanees, wasn't he, Jamal Blackman? Yeah, Jamal Blackman, he's had a million loans out from Chelsea and finally found himself a bit of a home. Eight clean sheets in 37 appearances so far this season. So pretty decent again for a side that's, you know, where they are in the league. The, the centre-backs, the three at the back, will be Pierce Sweeney. He's the captain. Will Amerson in the middle and Alex Hartridge on the uh, on the left-hand side of it. The full-backs are pretty consistent. Jake Caprice in the right full-back role has got a goal and two assists from 35 appearances. And Jack Sparkles, I like that name, Jack Sparkles, one goal, two assists from 33 appearances. So the, the back three and the full-backs are pretty, pretty solid, I would say, as is the goalkeeper. It's it's further up the pitch where they've got the issues at the moment. Yeah, I like, I like Caprice, the right wing-back. I'm just trying to check his age because I think he might be getting on a little bit. I might be wrong. No, I think I'm wrong. He's now he's 30. Okay, not as bad as I thought, but pacey. Christ, don't quick. say getting on there at 30, mate. That makes us 
Don't, OAPs. Don't. Still both in our 30s. Both in our 30s. Yeah, clinging on for dear life, though, over here. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the midfield. This is the key player for me, Archie Collins. He's a, a, a it sounds very patronising. I think he's a lovely little player. That sounds incredibly patronising. Cracky like, little club. Great, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I do like him. He's, a, he's got four goals, two assists in 43 appearances. Very much box to box. Averages 56 touches per 90 with a 78% passing accuracy. So he'll be the one that drops deep and picks the ball up off the centre arse and looks to get the side moving from central midfield. I think he's of a good age. He's not too old. I think he's out of contract in the summer. So I would suggest that somebody in the league might get themselves a bargain if they... Uh, if they, if they can do some some solid business. But he, he's a player I, I, I really like. Harry Kite is likely to be the other century midfield player. He's a youngish lad, only 21 years old. Three goals and an assist in 38 appearances. He kind of likes to drift right a little bit and link up with Caprice in that right wing-back role. But for me, Archie Collins is the, the man that makes them tick and the one to look out for. The benefit of Harry Kite. Yeah, let's talk about the issues up front then. That's, that's one for the Beatles fans. That's deep cut there. You mentioned some big names who are out. I mean, let's, let's should we give their stats just because, just to get yeah, illustrate so, the extent of the issue. Yeah, so Sam uh, Nombe, 15 goals, six assists, not featured since the Plymouth defeat on telly two weeks ago. He's, he's doubtful for the weekend. Jay Stansfield on loan from Fulham, that brilliant moment when he scored, you know, the club that his, his, his dad obviously was at. Six goals, seven assists, not featured since the Plymouth game either. So they've both been missing for the last two weeks. Kevin McDonald, ex-Fulham um, central midfielder during their probably to what 2017-ish spell where they were he's kind of the deep sitting one I think he once made a two million pound move in the Premier League at one point he, he's been out for the last three weeks or so Giovanni Brown's unavailable due to off-field matters since the uh, since the end of end of January start of February time so they are they are missing a lot of players so what they've done is they've kind of shoehorned these two players into the front two positions Josh Key who is traditionally a right wing back right back slash right winger he's up front he got the goal last week at Hillsborough four goals and one assist in 40 appearances and Josh Coley Cowley who's kind of a um uh, a left left forward left left winger he's kind of slotted in the other role eight appearances no goals but they're both playing out of positions you know they're both relatively young out of position it's a it's a really hard gig for those two at the moment in those striking positions given the absence of other players yeah it makes it all the more tougher against the, the caliber of opposition they've had of late and Dare we say that they'll face on Saturday? Let's come down to it. Another player who will be unavailable, presumably unavailable, if Mark Ashton's got his negotiation oh, yeah, he's, right. It's, it's, isn't it? A, it's a league stipulation, isn't it? That you can't play if oh, you're on loan at somebody at your parents' club. I think so. I thought I, I didn't think it was an option. Yeah, player of the season, Raheem Harper. Sub option in recent weeks. Made 20 appearances so far this season, 13 of which have been starts. Only one goal, one assist. He got quite a lot of praise in the Peterborough defeat. He got heavy praise, I think, from Gary Cole, one of some of the fans there. But he's just not kicked on again for the kind of the second year running. I mean, what would you do with Harper in the summer? We're going to find this, you know, if we come back for preseason and everyone's back in the building, our midfield is going to be ridiculously overstocked, isn't it? Do you think yeah. he's one that moves on, or is he a mutual consent FC, or is it a loan again, given his wages, and he might have a contract increase for wages if we get promoted? What What would you do with him? I'd be looking to get a nominal fee, but yeah. the last time I saw him play was the assist for Colchester yeah. United. Yeah, so from that point on, he's he's he just didn't look at the level that we need. And you know, if you're if you speculated or suggested that maybe even Lee Evans might be um, leaving or maybe let go in the summer, Harper's got to be you know, even more so. I would further suggest. down the. So it's a shame. Yeah. yeah, but we didn't we didn't pay much, did we? Was it two, three hundred grand? It wasn't wasn't a lot, was it? So it's a not sure. A, a punt yeah. that hasn't worked out. I mean it was a four year contract, so he's still only gonna be halfway through his contract, which I think seems a bit crazy. But yeah, I assume that it might, would be a... that might stymie a fee because yeah, there'll be he'll be on big money with us as well. So that might be a and that a lot might of be an issue. We'll have increases, won't they, if we go up in terms of wages. So yeah. suddenly it might be even harder to shift come July the first when the new the new rates kick in. So, so that yeah, might we'll make see. it alone. Yeah. And then yeah, you, yeah. As you yeah. say, you got Elmers, you got Evans, Kamara, Ball. Hopefully Luongo signs a deal as well. So, Borsi, yeah. yeah. An abundance of options. And Humphreys as well, having having yeah. had moments in the season where we only had two. So yeah. we move on. In terms of the bits and pieces of stats, we always try to finish on the stats, but they don't really tell us a huge amount that we don't already know, do they, Seb? The goal scored, average? It's all, yeah, it's all very middling, isn't it? The stats kind of give, give, give the, same, the same reading as their league position. So 28 goals scored away from home is 11th in the league, 20 from open play, 3 from counter-attacks, which actually is the joint first with us 
So I guess if they are going to be a threat, watch out for them hitting teams on the on the counter. Four have come from set pieces, which isn't amazing. It's the 16th best in the league. Average 11 shots per game, which is 15th. Again, very close to their league position. Only three on target per game, which is 17th. So yeah, not amazing. But the XG is not terrible. XG 1.35 in away games is the ninth best. Um, their goals per game is slightly below that. So they're great. When they do take a shot, it's generally of better quality. They don't muck about just pinging shots from all over the place. Um, and I, having it's interesting you, you chat about the counter-attack goals because in terms of style of play, Seb, there's a lot of dribbles per game. So maybe that's it shouldn't surprise us. Pace out wide, pace out front, previously under Stansford, certainly. Um, but you've said there are wingers playing up front. So maybe that's that's the threat for them. It's, it's the pace, isn't it? Yeah, it's their, natural, it's their natural game, isn't it? So they kind of average just under 50% possession for their games away from home, which is the 10th best in the league. 70.4% passing accuracy is ninth. Like you say, dribbles, eight dribbles per game is the highest in the league. So yeah, I guess that's a combination of the, the fullbacks and those kind of two players up front who are traditionally wingers and were looking to take, to take on fullbacks and run at their man doing that in a slightly different area of the pitch. Fouls one is eight per game, which is the fewest in the league. So maybe not overly streetwise and not going down when they perhaps need to, you know, you need those moments when you just kind of take the commit a, you know a, a silly foul or, or win you know buy a cheap foul to kind of relieve some of the pressure in the game they're not great at that and also they're not very good at pressing they are 20th for possession one in the final third of the pitch which is how we measure how we measure possessions uh, sorry how we measure pressing so yeah not great at, at pressing either which That's again might be place. might be because of their issues they've got up front and stuff yeah and defensively i mean the goals against pretty they can see quite a few don't they 35 goals Considered away is probably is definitely in the lower half, possibly again skewed by the recent run of games, perhaps. Yeah, the last few weeks. Yeah, 25 of those have come from open play, which is 17. Nine goals conceded from set pieces. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's the joint sixth worst in the league. So with Mr. Davis, or maybe Morsey was taking them, wasn't he, on um, uh, Peterborough, one of those two. Maybe they'll be looking to take full advantage of that. Six clean sheets away from home isn't that bad. In 22 games, that's 11th in the league. They concede on average 13 shots per game, which is 14th. Aerially, they're not great. Aerial Aerial Jules 1 is 20 per game, which is 17th in the league. So, yeah. Some of the defensive stats are kind of reflective of where they are in the league, but they are not very good at defending set pieces. And we've, and then you and I have done a little bit of independent research for one another with conclusions that slightly contradict each other. Do you want to start with yours and then I'll weigh in with mine? I'll tell you why they contradict each other. So my one is that they are not a team that starts games overly strongly. So they've scored four oh, goals. First 15 minutes though, yeah? Yeah, four goals okay. scored all season in the opening 15 minutes from games is the joint second worst. I think only okay. Accrington were behind them. So it's not a side that starts amazingly. However... Once I wrote that stat down, I then found out there was a tab next to it and I'd forgotten to press away and I was looking at the overall number and away from home, all those four goals have been scored. So they, the four goals isn't okay. great, but they have all come away from Exeter. It's, it's a, it's a Which means they're terrible at home. Yeah. Okay. It'd be interesting to see what it is for the rest of the half though, because I quite like this. I found this first half, second half you league love this table. table, don't you? And home and away split as well. So for their away games, they're 10th in the half-time league away from home which is pretty good mm-hmm. but they drop down to 16th in the second half so maybe they yeah start okay but tail off maybe in the second half perhaps and presumably and stuff it, like squad size fitness must must play a part in that out of interest so, i presume are we top of both on that thing? oh now you're asking me first half and the second half surely because we oh well now I we're need just to, amazing i'll pad while you quickly well, you're gonna tell us who the referee is because i've had now referees are now suddenly massively important for us in every single game so i i went and found who the referee is so you can talk to us about the referee guy called scott oldham that i've never heard of uh two red cards <laughs> and 91 how many referees yellows. can you name though uh, Mark Clattenburg, Pierre Luigi Colina. And the really tall guy who sent off David Beckham in the World Cup. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, he's ref five games in the league, one win, one draw, and three defeats. They were Plymouth and Burnley away. Uh, and he did the Ipswich nil, Oxford nil game last season, which finished nil nil, didn't it? With the awful, awful S Housery that started on about 20 minutes from Oxford. So. Maybe not the best omen for the referee, but it doesn't matter because we're amazing anyway. It doesn't matter. So in the um, home halftime league, um, oh, Plymouth. maybe Plymouth. No, surprisingly, no. Uh, over so ha- home halftime, Sheffield Wednesday top of the league. Okay, if you can believe that. In fact, home halftime table, Plymouth are seventh 
we are fourth, and then the second half, we are top. That's all those 93-minute equalisers Plymouth score. Second half, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Plymouth Plymouth are top second half. Ridiculous third round. We are second, Sheffield Wednesday third. Okay. So there you go. So that's just the home split. But yeah, quite totally meaningless. But when I start meaningless, I think it gives you a little bit of a sense. But in terms of ecstasy, possibly not a huge amount. A little bit worse in the second half is basically the score. Yeah, and we talked about the ref. We'll come back and we'll talk about us for all of 10 seconds back in a sec innovation labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across suffolk our aim is to foster innovation entrepreneurship business growth and the development of an ai center of excellence in suffolk monthly hot desks are available from just 79 pounds for more info head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more to follow. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So Ipswich, Seb, will be unchanged, won't they? Yeah, don't change anything. Don't don't change anything. And then I guess if it gets to 70 minutes and it's comfortable, then the likes of Ladapo deserve a decent run out as well, don't they, for their contributions over the season? I mean, I had to remind myself earlier, I mean, I've, I've kind of think it's a an absolute gimme but I did kind of think oh there is a slight chance that yeah this might not go to plan and we're suddenly making all these pre and post match celebration kind of plans and I suddenly thought oh, we, we still actually have to go out and win a game don't we I think it's a formality for, for what it's worth but we do still have to show a bit of respect and stuff to Exeter so yeah go absolutely full strength the team picks itself these days doesn't it and uh, yeah get the job done and then give the other players that have contributed well throughout the season a bit of a run out at the end to take the plaudits. I think the fact it's at home partly builds into that narrative, but we, we you plan ahead, but at no point have I ever ever said about any game, and I will be consistent today. You were very happy on the on the post match when I I drove yeah. when I drove back from Barnsley. There were various road closures. It took me over three hours to get home, so I had you and Dave trying to sort of keeping me awake at half past one on the M fifty six, and you were you were as happy as I've heard you sound. It was great. Yeah, but every half an hour I went got to do the job on Saturday. <laughs> got to do the business on Saturday and that's the truth and and that's partly why this show exists because we show respect to the opposition don't we here yeah. try to give you the insights and do them the courtesy of of understanding them looking into them and and finding the bits where their strengths and finding the bits where there are weaknesses and to be fair away from home they're fine but the recent form not great injuries are a problem and if you're Exeter I think you want to get out of this run of terrible games Get some more. It's Morecambe at home on the last day of the season. Admittedly, Morecambe might be have something to play for, but you finish the season in front of your home fans if you're Exeter and um, and you win that one. And and if you can, you know, you can annoy, frustrate, you know, disappoint Ipswich fans for a bit, then great. But yeah, the the momentum, the form, 
you know the the atmosphere the crowd it, it's a it's a tall order for exeter right but you say that but they really hate plymouth <laughs> they will not want plymouth to win the league will they right so and so, um, um, so like Barnsley, what don't want Sheffield Wednesday? Because I, yeah. I don't think anyone likes this. I, every time I go on Twitter, everyone's bitching about how much money we've spent and how arrogant our fans are, which is absolute bollocks. Given we've been bloody, well, I've been quite cocky for the last two months. You have, you. I have. I'll give you, the, but I, w- I was right. You start, can clip start it. with him. Go, go back Look to. I him. think it was was it Look Derby? You, me, and Dave, and I said I think we're gonna. I think I said win the title, so that's that's unlikely. But I think I said we'll be celebrating after the Exeter game on the on the Cornhill. So yeah, I think that's about two months ago now. Was it maybe? Maybe not even that. I can't remember. But yeah, that, I've been cocky. I'll give you that one. But yeah, the vast. I don't. Majority. I don't think. I, I think you are confident. Deluded. You're, I don't think there's. Uh, yeah, so there's a thin line between confidence. But but in my defence, in my defence, I've seen them play pretty yeah, much. To, yeah every game for the last you know couple of couple of months three months maybe so my confidence was born out of an awful lot of you know passing the eye test here's one for you you haven't sung it all season and I've, i can vouch for that i've been away game to you at what point will you join in the kieran mckenna song i join in the, kieran the we are you know you don't sing the last line do you i don't sing the last line well we're not so are we? <laughs> oh brilliant right so you're not good right brilliant okay pointless pointless so it's four nil in the 89th minute and all of portman is singing it you'll do it and still refrain from the I'll final two thirds of the chance yeah well, town yeah. are going to win the effing league no nope, they're I not might, inaccurate if we're four nil up uh, on saturday i might join the we are going up chant. <laughs> right okay right, okay yeah. <laughs> no i will i do enjoy myself i just i am one of these people that sees no point looking beyond the job at hand and the job at hand is Exeter. So what Sometimes will be, will be, after be controlled. That. that makes fun even more fun when it's controlled and rigid. Yeah. Why not? Brilliant. <laughs> different, different mean, uh, different there will be fun for different needs. We are different ends of the supporter spectrum. I grant you, but there will be probably well, you're rational, there. intelligent, insightful. And I just me, go, we're going to win everything. Brilliant. Me representing the silent minority. I think who are just like, let's just do the business. And, Look, but you trust this team proved right. Well, I've have I been proven wrong? Is that what you're saying? I don't know, but I I, I said we were going to celebrate. No point if I predicted gonna, we'll lose or finish. I'm going to die on that hill. Well, I did predict us finishing third in the thing we did in the summer. That doesn't really count. So at no point if I wanted us to lose or predicted us to lose. I just don't think there's much point talking about the game after next. That's it. That's it. So once we get it done, there'll be no one ha- more happy than me on Saturday. And you'll see me on the town hall steps doing a Danny song. No, you won't. But you will see me at the Greyhound, all being well, before the game and maybe afterwards as well, if, if there is need to go there afterwards, if you get my meaning. And the good news is the Greyhound, our pre-match partners are making all kinds of arrangements to make sure that there is enough lubrication for everybody. There'll be a bottle <laughs> bar near the front gates dealt with the demand pre-match and they are the team are really excited to host everyone so do get down there we'll try and get down there as well and yeah it should be a fun afternoon and it might be a fun evening there as well and so as the as the sun starts to set um that could be fun as well fingers crossed in, in terms of whether it's a pod business merch store telegram all can be found at blue monday itfc.co.uk if you're one of the the lot of people who are looking for tickets and end up being um, unfortunately missing out, then you can do worse than the match day chat on Telegram. It was great fun, really interesting, really um, exciting chat on Tuesday night for Barnsley. So can recommend that. Almost as good as the real thing. It is. But plenty of exciting stuff going down there and i think there's a re- i think ben's posted a it's little jamie mackie it's really yeah it's one of our exclusive telegram members so if you come and join up now you'll get the next two weeks for free which is probably the best time to join it following a promotion but yeah ben's done a great interview with jamie mackie today who's the next obviously ex-plymouth so we kind of talked about them a little bit talks about us and yeah it's a, a really good sort of like 10 minute little clip so for that alone it's worth sort of signing up for free for two weeks and then flagship show sunday night 8 p.m live Everyone who we can get, I think, will be on that one, assuming it goes the way Seb thinks it's going to go, and I secretly think it's going to go. So do join us for that. That hopefully will be another bumper show. Um, So please do that. If you're watching on YouTube, do give us a thumbs up. Do subscribe if you haven't already. And if you're listening on podcasts, we do appreciate our podcasts. We do talk a lot about YouTube. 
but we do love and respect our podcasters as well we're the podcasters listeners etc so leave us a review five stars ideally um and we do like reading those everyone po- we get some partridge quotes some brent quotes so if yeah if you quote those we'll pick them out we'll find you um but we appreciate those as well let's talk about predictions the best bit of the entire show Is it over, Seb? I gave you a choice. I gave you a chance earlier in the week, and you rudely turned me down. A, a chance for what? I said next goal wins for a laugh. Yeah, yeah. As, as in this week's prediction. So the winner this week took everything. If she Sheffield had nothing to lose, obviously. If, and you, Sheffield Wednesday offered that to us. Do you think we'd take it? It's a bit like, do you remember when the COVID season was curtailed and Marcus Evans said, yeah. any side that wants to keep playing should just be promoted let's, or whatever it was. Let's create said. a mini tournament and we could all keep going. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, no, you you have beaten me. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, and what's the fourth now? Of... I have to... Oh, well, go so, on, what's the... F- so we'll find a T-shirt. Well, yeah. we, won't, we won't find a T-shirt. That's pretty easy. We'll find a photo... I think of me. I think we said my face, didn't we? With each other's faces on a t-shirt. Yeah. Kind of Steve-O's tattoo style. A witty saying. And I have to... Is it the first home game of the season? I have to wear it. Well, I th- it's definitely on the podcast. I, oh, you I, said... I'll do that. You said it needs to be the first home game of the season. I wasn't no, going to go that far, but... I don't remember saying that, no. Mate, so maybe and um, maybe we'll auction it off or something and for like five quid, donate it to the Derby River Foundation or something. But... We'll put them in the merch store. But yeah, that's, I think, the fourth it. But yeah, it's a four-round um, advantage there, 26-point lead. So with one, well, two rounds to go. We've got this week and next week. So you, you never know, Seb. You know, you could get the points back maybe, but the rounds, it's going to need a major fall-off. Let's it all fell look. apart on week one when I was on holiday and Dave was on and I was playing catch-up straight away. And yeah. Evening, Dave. Yeah. Slagging you off. Yeah. Let's have a look. I've, I forgot to format everything, so apologies for that. But the one in the middle there, Seb, um, even I've gone for a fairly comfortable margin, but I have gone for an annoying goal. Score? Cons- I th- th- so what I predict will happen is we'll score early. It'll be kind of like we'll score goals at regular intervals, and then in the 90th minute, they'll score a consolation goal to ruin our our sequence of three nils. It'd be great <laughs> right. to get a third three nil. I just kind of feel like it would be quite amusing that Exeter to just ruin our afternoon by taking that off us. So I've, that's why I've gone three one, but you've gone, you've got four nil, mate. We're amazing. Yep. Is that we all? Are, we are just four. We are, just four? we are that good. We are so good. I mean, yeah, Peterborough, total control. Barnsley, not great for the first 15, 20 minutes. Not bad, but second to most balls. And we just took complete control. And yeah, we are we are exceptional. We are, was it Stephen <laughs> Schumacher said we're the best side at the, Michael Duff said, he said we are the, the best side statistically at this level. And he's right. At this side, we are phenomenal. We are brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, I've gone yeah. for a 4-0. I think we'll score early like you said. I can imagine a goal in the first kind of 10 minutes and then the party mode will, will really, really kick in. And yeah. Hopefully they don't turn us around because it'd be great to finish attacking the North Stand goal. With it the, would, you know, the definitely. There As would a North Stand, yeah. I concur with that. Neil in our Telegram group, he's gone for a 4-1. He's also predicting a, a, a muggy goal somewhere along the line as well. And there's some interesting predictions from all of us elsewhere. Again, apologies for not making these bold, but I'll talk, I'll talk through them. Plymouth are at home to Burton. Sheffield Wednesday are away at Shrewsbury. They're next to each other there. I don't think Burton are going to let off. I know that Burton got a good result midweek. Maybe had me might help us out there as well. I just think Plymouth are a bit of a machine at home. I think they might, it might be kind of, they might concede first like Sheffield Wednesday against Exeter last week, but I think they'll just come through and do the annoying thing that Plymouth do. But you're going for a one or Neil's going for a one or what do you want to see that I'm not? Uh, for the record, I think Plymouth will beat them quite comfortably. I just did it because it doesn't really matter because I've lost. And wouldn't it be amazing if they were to drop points in the penultimate? You're manifesting. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if that were to happen? But I, yeah, I think in reality, what you're saying is 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 likely, isn't it? Burton can cause chaos. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a big ask going to Plymouth and doing anything. So Wednesday, however, I think, uh, are we in agreement Ooh. on that one? Yeah, so you've we gone for this Shrew- Shrewsbury away, uh, for what Sheffield Wednesday's got on the weekend. You've gone for a 2-2. I've gone for a 1-1. And Neil Telegram's gone for a 2-1 Shrewsbury win. So we are oh, all yeah. predicting Wednesday to drop points, presumably with a kind of, oh, no, we've really messed this season up kind of attitude where heads might drop. And, yeah. Do you think more might rest some players in preparation no. for the playoffs? or No, I don't. 
I just I I think they'll go full strength, and I think he'll want to win every game, won't he? But I just kind of well, think... he'll want to win. He'll want to win next week against Derby for the momentum yeah. and the you know that's that's a really crucial one. So a lot of their if you go on Owls Talk, which I'm fairly sure most of us have had a look at over the last couple of months or so, they are saying their squad is it's an aging squad as we know, and they're saying you know a lot of their players could do with a rest. So I just thought maybe maybe but if you do yeah. if you do that and you you lose and something awful was to happen like we were to lose and Plymouth lose, then he's going to get. You know he's going to get absolutely barren. Treats it like this. Yeah, you're done. I think you've got to go for it. Admittedly, though, Shrewsbury on a really shocking run of of home form. One, three on the bounce, and then lost, drawn, and lost. So lost to Plymouth. Admittedly, last time out, drew with Portsmouth, which isn't too bad a result. But yeah, Peterborough three or so. My my hope in that one is simply it would come from the Shifford Wednesday side of things in terms of yeah you brain know, deflation fall. yeah deflation and you know just general oh god I can't believe we got this so wrong uh, rather than anything I'd expect Shrewsbury to do because Shrewsbury since since that Charlton six 0 game have dropped right off a cliff haven't they yeah well we'll be back next week ahead of our final pre match show hopefully of the season. Um, and we'll go through all of the details there. And I think well, well we'll do some. We usually do a lot of stats about the opposition. I think we might we might do it. I know we'll probably get onto this in the flagship show, and we'll do some post season stuff as well. But I think given we might give us the courtesy of analysing our stats and figuring out how many metrics we are the stat leader for, because it will be a crazy amount. So maybe that's something to look forward to next week if stats are your thing. But otherwise, we'll be back next week to see how we got on with the predictions. Thank you if you've made it all the way to the end. We need to um, point you in the direction of Turnstile Blues on Saturday. Ipswich Town fans supporting food banks as well. We need to say, say thank you to the Greyhound. We'll see them on Saturday. We need to say thank you to Innovation Labs. Thank you all for listening, for watching. Please do give us a thumbs up. Do subscribe. Do give us a, a review. Let us know you're there. And hopefully we'll see everyone for the flagship show. And Seb, um, thank you as always for your research, your insights, your unbridled optimism um, any final thoughts before we say goodbye no you can have the uh, the sign off mate it was your when we switched it to you we started on that amazing run of form so you've earned this one enjoy it come on you blues Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.